the party begin here in West Lafayette. One of the top five places to watch a college basketball game. I would argue you can't find a better one. Three on the way. Bullseye! I feel the electricity in the house. The passion. It's a wall of sound. So here it back. It is four with three. They go to wall of vacuum. Planted for three. This is the Boiler Ball Podcast. Welcome to the Purdue Basketball Podcast. I'm Elliot Bloom, joined by the voice of the Boilermakers, Rob Blackman. Episode 85 here on the podcast, and we continue our senior uh, mini-pack, I guess, uh, if you will, of uh, talking to our four outgoing seniors here in the 2021-22 season. And uh, the third installment of this series, uh, senior Eric Hunter Jr. joins us. So, E, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm feeling all right with these couple days off that we got. Thank you. As we take this, we are about ready to embark in the postseason. So, we just wrapped up with a win on Saturday over Indiana. And now uh, a couple days here. So, we're knocking out a couple podcasts. And uh, I always enjoy these um I always enjoy the senior ones because we've been doing them for a couple years now, or a few years now, and uh, I like getting your guys' take on things, and you're kind of at that transition where, you know, we've got more ball left to play, but yet we get to reflect on some things uh, that you've done here, and uh, I want to kind of talk about, uh, we always kind of dive into your um, childhood and your, you know, where basketball kind of entered the the mix. Um, I've had the pleasure of knowing your parents really well since you've been here. Um, we've had uh, a lot of great discussions about a young Eric Hunter here at college and how he's doing. Um, but no, they're great. And a, you come from a great family, as all our guys do, but you, your family's great. Um, talk about uh, growing up in the Hunter household. Uh, I mean, growing up in the Hunter household, it was... Always Indianapolis? Always Indianapolis. I'm only child, so I don't... Another story. I don't know why I'm not a child, but I, I honestly have well, no problem with it. You got you got old enough, and they were like, "Hell no, we can't do another <laughs> one." They're not doing this again. <laughs> yeah, I probably yeah. I was I was a. Uh, it took me a while to get my my head on straight when I was younger. Uh, I think it was just a lot of just being a boy, being immature. Um, I probably didn't come all the way along until about my eighth grade year like my second eighth grade year which I, I did eighth grade year twice uh that was when i went to tinley and that kind of got me together you got you figured <laughs> so, out yeah. got you matured a little bit more yeah well that already answers one of my first questions why tinley um because let's let's face it you were a high level high school basketball player and this is not meant as a knock on tinley because they've had great success but at the class a level yeah. Uh, so, but you choose you chose to go to a small school, but it sounds like uh, there was a reason for that that didn't have anything to do with basketball. Yeah. So, the high school part of it, I actually chose to you know continue to uh, move on to the accelerated school, the high school. But um, it was my parents' decision to put me over there at Tinley in the first place um, because I they they were uh, having me redo the eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started out in Pike Township over at New Augusta. And then um, I moved over. We went. We, they tried everything. Like I was just, I, I wasn't like a bad kid, but it was just like they know they know I had something in me, and they were just trying to figure out, you know, where, what position I can be in, you know, to where I could they could see it, and I can be my full self. 
So I went over to St. Monica, which is a Catholic school right by where I live. Um, and I did a year there, and then I went back to New Augusta to try that again. And that's when I repeated eighth grade over at Tinley. So, so Tinley got you right, so to speak. Yeah, uh, it was different because I, I, I was already getting held back. That was one thing for me that was tough. And then I was going to an all-boys school. So mm-hmm. that that threw me for a loop. And I was, you can ask my parents, I don't want to say it now, but I was torn. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing well, and I I remember now. Now it's kind of coming back a little bit. You guys had a lot of strict rules at Tinley in terms of um, how it um, correlated with athletics. Oh yeah, you know, academics was first. That was very uh, made very clear, and certain things had to be done academically, or you couldn't even begin to play basketball. Yeah, it was it was kind of crazy. You like after I forgot how many weeks into school, you know, you have. You have school before you have basketball tryouts, but you before you could even try out, like you had to have like your first six weeks of um, progress reports, like be like at a certain you know C's, you know A's, B's, and it was just it was a lot for me at first because like I never took school all the way serious until I got there, um, and then that's when I really just kind of you know realized and and. And it was weird because at Tinley, it was like school was cool. You know what I mean? Like, it was cool to be smart. Right. And, like, it was weird for me at first because I'm just like, people in here getting made fun of for <laughs> getting C's and B minuses on quizzes. And when I was at my other school, it was just like, you get made up, made fun of because something you wear or something you said. It was just two different two different things for me. And I, I ended up liking it. So That's... that's- that's pretty interesting that yeah. uh, that it kind of changes your way of looking at things, okay. and, and now all of a sudden, like it, yeah, that I could see, I could see where that, uh, and it's all, it all comes from. I mean, it starts at the top, and the, obviously that's what the school demanded, and the leadership there, and that was so safe to say that it accomplished what your mom and dad. Yeah, I don't know if they knew that. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly what it was going to do because it was literally just like the, it was the opposite of what I've been used to. It was the opposite of what I you know, wanted to do or wanted to, you know, um, you know, like a school that I wanted to go, I wanted to go to school that was girls. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like that when I was younger. And it was just so strange for me at first. <laughs> like the only women in the school were teachers. And like there was, there's a girls, there's a girls school as well. Um, but like, it's literally like, it's, it's on the same side of town, but it's not close. It's not like yeah. they can just go over to the girls' school or they can go or we can just see each other passing. It wasn't even like that. I think the first time I saw Tinley uh, girls from the girls' school was like at the the fall dance. It was like seven weeks into school. <laughs> you finally saw a girl. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So growing up, um, you mentioned you're an only child. Um when did sports kind of enter in? Were you always active in playing sports as a young kid? Were you into other things? Yeah, I was. I I think I tried everything. My parents always had me uh, doing stuff. They 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 played a couple different sports themselves. So like it was. It wasn't like there was one thing where, you know, this is what we wanted them to do. I I tried baseball, football, soccer. I, soccer and basketball were the like the. The two things I kind of had to choose between when it came down to it. We had Sasha on the last episode. He said he was a third-string football player on both sides of the ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He said so that didn't last. That didn't last very long. 
Can I assume your dad was a football player? Because if you follow him on social media, he loves the Cleveland Browns. See, you would you would think so, but I, I mean, he might have played football at one point, but I know he was more of a, a baseball. And he okay, basketball really? And stuff like that, oh, because so. he loves the Browns, as yeah, you well they, know. That's just that's just a Cleveland thing. That's like, his team, the and, Browns. And a lot of your family is from Cleveland, or you yeah. have a lot of family in Cleveland, right? Yeah, they. That's where all my tickets were were coming from uh, during senior night. I think I. He might have had 15, maybe, something like that. A lot of, a lot of Clevelanders coming over for, <laughs> yeah. for this thing tonight. That's cool. So, growing up, he's a – was your dad – Was the, were the Browns, like, Sunday, like, hey, yeah, what the time the Browns play? Like, <laughs> that's, that goes for anybody in Cleveland as well. Though. Like, my my uncle all, and my whole family is, like, when the Browns is on, it's – like, they tailgate, they do everything there. They did the whole the whole spiel. <laughs> is your dad in the Cleveland Indians and the Cavs or Yeah. Indians, so when so how was he when Le, there. when LeBron was there, was he all in? Oh yeah. We were all in. Like I think I I think we cried that night, like when he after they won the finals. I think I'm pretty sure we cried. <laughs> like we didn't go to sleep until like three o'clock. Oh, that's so cool. I mean I can totally relate. I mean, I was I grew up a Colts fan when the Colts won the Super Bowl. Yeah. It was just it was just surreal. <laughs> Well, let me ask you this then. So, all in, love my man LeBron. You know what I'm going to ask? Then he says he's taking his talent to South Beach. What'd your dad do? I mean, I was before the title, but what? what Just like every other person from Cleveland. <laughs> man, that's <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, was, I have a, I don't know if I've seen him uh, mad about something that doesn't have to do with me. <laughs> other than that, like it was different. It was funny though. Yeah, I get. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you're all in and a Cleveland fan, yeah, that's what did it for for people from Cleveland was just like how it happened, like what he did, like the ESPN. You taking your talents, it's uh-huh. like. Well, that did it for a lot of people if they didn't have a vested interest. Yeah, in it. that yeah, was any, just a yeah, big anyway. deal. Yeah, man. But, so not a good day around the Hunter House when mm. that when that went down. So he, you know, so he gets over that, and now we're, he turns his attention back to you, and you're you're playing all these different sports and everything. At what point did basketball kind of surface as the main sport? Um, I think for me it was probably my seventh grade year because I think I played. That's when my, that was my last year playing soccer. My seventh grade year. Um, so. It was it was weird because I thought I I still think to this day I was better at soccer at the time. I could see you being a really good soccer mm-hmm. player at the time. I thought I was. I'm pretty sure I was better at soccer, but like I liked how I liked the idea of like getting better and playing basketball, like going outside shooting on the court. Like my dad got we've always had a court in the driveway and stuff like that. So like I just liked the idea of working for basketball then. Rather than soccer, soccer was more of a natural thing for me, I guess. So we always talk on here about uh, sibling rivalries and things of that nature. Obviously, being an only kid, when you were out there at the court outside the house, was it just you? Was your dad out there with you? Were there neighbor kids around? Yeah, I mean, I was anybody. I was I was out there. (laughs) Yeah, it was. We had kids who would. I'd come home from school and they'd already gotten out of school and they'd be on the court like. In our driveway, like it was. So uh, your court was, was home base. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. I think that's where the the competitive fire came from. <laughs> now, did you even go yeah. in to change after school, or did you just jump right on the court? 
Depends on what day you catch me on. Yes. <laughs> if they already out there, I'm just I'm probably out there in a polo and some khakis. Yeah, I could totally relate. I used to do the same thing when I was a kid. It was like you couldn't get off that bus quick enough Mm-mm. and just be on that court. So how many guys were there? Were they all guys living in the neighborhood? Yeah, we had we probably we had well we basically had two spots that we would go and play. It was one in the neighborhood right next to mine and then my house. So I think it was it might have been it might have been like a total of maybe fifteen a rotation of twenty dudes that would like we would just be hooping at all times somewhere. Wow. <laughs> Do you think that's where you improve the most? Uh yeah, that, I think that's where I've always improved, like just playing, like just getting run, you know, like being in a competitive setting, whether that's, you know, open gym or, you know, you're playing one on one, king of the court, whatever it may be, like I just feel like that's always where I've gotten better. I feel like that's in this day and age, it's kind of a vanishing thing of just playing. Like it seems like you're like your generation I don't want to sound like an old man here. I hate I and I, I too I, late. I, I try to guard against that. Too late. <laughs> yeah. Um but it seems like we're in an age now with basketball where it's all about the individual trainer. It's uh-huh. all about individual workout. Oh, I got to work out in. I got my individual work. And that's fine because there is a place for that. Like, you know, you need to develop individual skill in this game. You need to work on your ball handling, your shooting, things like that. But at the same time, there's something to be said for playing five on five and understanding how the game works and playing off of another guy, playing away from the ball, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, have you noticed that? I mean, because you, you talked about it. You, your childhood, you're playing with all these guys. But then when you get a little bit older, there's a lot of workout guys, too. Like, yeah. how do you... Do I, I mean, I think... Um, like, for me, I've always thought, like, the biggest advantage you have, like, when you're on the court, uh, whether it be with one other person or, you know, we're playing a full game, is just, like your feel for the game and your feel for, right. you know, how you're playing with other people or just feel how you feel in general. Um, and like, I always, like I always talk about like how the ball feels in my hand <laughs> and like being able to, you know, play five on five and get up and down. And I also do a lot of individual work as well, but like my favorite thing is just getting, getting run five on five and stuff. And there's a, there's a need for the individual work. I'm not trying to put that yeah, aspect of it down, but it just seems like that uh, you can get you can get just as good playing five on five and getting all the other stuff that you need to get. So you're at Tinley. You're uh, you got things ironed out. You're making good grades. Your your basketball's coming along. Uh, you scored a lot of points in high school, there, buddy. You uh, you put the ball in the basket quite a bit. Um, you guys had had good success, uh, especially Rob kind of referenced. You know, Tinley not not exactly known as a basketball powerhouse but you guys had success when, when you were there how was it when you were there was it a were you big man on campus was it were you because of the success of the basketball team or was it one of those schools where they're like hey, yeah that's cool but we're still we are who we are in terms of academics yeah it's, it's that's a good question um i think for me i never really thought about the big man on campus type of thing i just wanted to be i just like a thing that kind of like made me want to stay attendly and made me you know kind of i don't know like motivated me is the fact that like people had no idea what Tinley was and like you could there's people who live on the east side of indianapolis like who didn't know what Tinley was or you know like right. they didn't know even know we had a basketball team or anything like that 
So, I mean, but, like, he just gradually saw throughout the years, like, more and more just outsiders or people that, you know, aren't necessarily Tinley fans, but people who notice uh, they show up to games and you get credit and you notice it. Um, and just notice it, like, socially or, you know, whether it may be just you go somewhere else to another game or something like that. Uh, you can count me a part of this group. Actually. I was gonna say, yeah. Uh, I live on the northwest side of Indy, Eric. I feel like I'm pretty in tune with Indiana high school basketball in the Indianapolis area in the metro. But until Purdue started recruiting you, I wasn't that familiar with Tinley. Actually, I wasn't familiar at all. And I found my, you know, I was speaking to our coaches. Hey, we're, we like this guy. His name's Eric Hunter Jr. He's at Tinley. I was like, where's Tinley? That's in Indianapolis. What? I've never heard of this school, right? And you guys have won some state championships, right? Since. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I was one of those guys who considered myself to know a little bit about uh, about uh, Indiana high school basketball. I didn't know anything about Tenley, so I'm a little embarrassed to say that, but you're, <laughs> you, you're the reason why I know something about I'm it. I can help. Well, that's cool. I mean, you talked about trying to put it on the map, and you yeah. certainly did that. I think you're right because I would talk to people, and they'd be like, no. That hunter guy, he's from he's yeah. from Indy, right? I go, yeah. Like, Where do you go to school? Tinley. Tinley. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I would get that. I would get that quite a bit. So it's uh, it's interesting that. Yeah, people still like people. I, people still don't know. Like, and <laughs> and it's I'm just saying we won a state championship, so we you can look that up. <laughs> well, it's it's cool. You uh you obviously uh helped to uh to elevate the profile at school and and uh, and did a great job when you were there. At what point when you were there? Um, did you start thinking about playing at the next level? Um, that I think that had always been a a thing for me. I think um, just keeping it in the back of my mind, you know, that I want to play at the highest level, uh, at the collegiate level. Um, just know, just always keeping that in the back of my mind. Always, you know, kind of motivated the other goals that I have, like there at Tinley as well. Because um, I always shoot big. I like to shoot big because. You get all the, you knock off all the little ones on the way. Um, all the little goals, mini goals. Uh, once you're, you know, going towards that big one, so I think, yeah, that that's what always kind of, you know, kept me on track and and wanting to, you know, play at a very high level. Do you remember the? Do you remember when school started reaching out at the college level and saying, "Hey, we have some interest in you here"? Um, I think I got my like my first scholarship offer was from. Uh, IPY, and that was my freshman year. That was during my freshman year, so that meant that meant a lot to me because I mean it, I was just thinking like that something finally happened. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, finally get a little recognition yeah. there. And you know it's it's guys who are also in your grade and guys from Indiana or wherever maybe that you know have had they got offer maybe like a Purdue another Big Ten offer already, but I just like that. It, like it kind of started for me then yeah so well i as someone who's got kids who are going to go to college in the future it's that would be welcome news that like hey i get my kids school paid for wow <laughs> that's a big uh, <laughs> that's a big price tag there that's great you were, you were on a high level aau team though right if i remember uh i i really played on like a, a mommy pop team we played for uh gary harris uh, that went to yeah, Michigan State. Sure, here, here. Uh, yeah. yeah, his, him and his parents. Uh, they kind of basically had a relationship with one of my with my AU coach, and um, they wanted to start something, and they wanted to you know start a team. We tried to, we tried EYBL, we tried 
like doing any other stuff wouldn't work because he was a Nike athlete. So, but we yeah we we tried doing that stuff and that never really worked out for us. We never got on the UIBL. We never got on a circuit. Gotcha. So we just we just really got it out of out of the mud, if you may say. Um, yeah, we we had a we always had different guys on our team. We had a the same core though. But um, yes, I, a lot of credit to Omar. <laughs> So uh, he was here Saturday too. You had a bunch of yep. those guys come back, and uh, and uh, Tinley was represented, and a lot of guys from your AU background and things, which was really cool. Um, so then you get the IUPUI offer as a freshman. It starts to kind of grow from there. Do you remember Purdue entering the picture? I I kind of do. I remember uh, when I was I think I came here for the elite camp. Yep. Because when you guys really first saw me, <laughs> or like, you know, I think I, that was, I did better. I remember I came to the league camp when I was, I don't remember what year I was in, but I know I came back when I was in high school. Yeah. And this is when like Ryan Klein was, was here. I was, I was still younger, but. Um, Do you remember who your coach was? So for our listeners, what we have in a league camp every year in August, it's a one day camp. And it's mostly guys from the city and the state. Uh, we'll get a few guys from Chicago, out of, out of state kids. Yeah. Um, but it's usually you're probably on our recruiting radar, and um, we do some skill work in the morning. In the afternoon, our current players coach the campers. So, do you remember who? I cannot remember who my coach was. It was so long ago. Yeah, that would have been interesting <laughs> so to see ago. who. Co- and it's it's interesting to go through some of those old rosters and see. Who we had here at camp, but um, crazy. yeah, but that would have been a time where occasionally there's a handful of seventh and eighth graders, but mostly freshmen, sophomores, mm-hmm. uh, a handful of juniors, and it's really um, a way for our staff and us to try to get eyes on guys and get you know a, a relationship started and get you here to campus to see campus that kind of thing. So, um, so did the interest level picked up after that from our end? Um, yeah, you mean like me? Oh, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is like, uh, yeah, Purdue has always been a school that, like, when it comes to you know, colleges you look at, like, this has always been one of those ones for me. I think, like, yeah, I mean, I, they were before I even put out my top six, I knew Purdue was gonna be in my, you know, my top six when it came down to it. <laughs> did you root for a certain college team growing up? Yeah, I did. And when I was younger, I was Kentucky, I was. I, I love watching Kentucky. I, John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, everybody, everybody that's came through there. I always liked them, those type of guys who, you know, were highly touted in high school and stuff like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So then Purdue comes out, you were in your top six. What, at the end of the day, what ended up? And it was kind of us, Ohio State, Minnesota. Would that be f- yeah. fair to say the that's, final, your final three? True. I remember that. That was Those are the only schools I, were, uh, I was going to take my officials on. And then it's crazy because I, I took this one first. Yeah. And that was risky because I knew I was gonna, <laughs> I knew I was gonna just want to come here if I did that one first, which I did, of course. <laughs> but um, yeah. And then I did the Ohio State one, and I didn't necessarily want to do that one, but that's because I kind of had my mind made up then. But um, my parents, of course, just told me keep it in mind, and I ended up doing the Ohio State one after that weekend. And, like, I liked Ohio State, but, like, I still, you know, I still felt like Purdue was was it for me. Um, 
so I just told my I, I can't do the Minnesota one next weekend. I'm just gonna commit. Uh, I got my decision made. So and I do re- I do remember us talking as a staff and saying, "What is he waiting on? Like, let's go!" Like we were <laughs> he came up here so much. Like, yeah, you were you were up here a lot. We 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 loved you. We loved your parents. Uh, we felt like you guys were a, a Purdue fit, and. Uh, yeah, we got to that point where we were like, let's go, man. Get this trigger yeah. pulled. Well, well, the fact that you have so many family members from Cleveland, I would have thought the Ohio yeah, State influence would have been pretty strong on, it from was. the family side. Yeah, it was. It definitely was. Um, but, I mean, I think I, I handled that well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think my family just, that, that side of my family, they had, they had already, you know, they don't get to see me play as much, and me being in Columbus would make that way easier. Sure. Um, and of course, my parents would still—they would still be making that little two, two and a half hour drive. Yeah, saves them a little time getting up here. For <laughs> no <sure>. doubt. Good <laughs> uh, <Quit> trip. <laughs> so, uh, you commit. We get you. You come up. What was your? What was? What was going through your mind? You get here as a freshman. Um, you know, life at college now. How how is that how is that different from leaving? You know, you're you didn't because you're an only child. You don't have necessarily an older sibling to say like, oh, they went off and did their thing, or you know. So it's you're away. I'm first of all, I'm sure your parents did a dance because now they're empty empty <laughs> nesters. Well, Elliot, think about this: but, little tiny Tinley, all boys school to Purdue University. Right, and so that's fifty thousand students. Like life changed, right? I mean, oh yeah, for sure. It was. Yeah, like I told my parents like recently, I was just like a, it was a huge change. Just, um, I did another podcast not too long ago talking about how big of a difference it was, um, just from from a basketball standpoint, a school standpoint. From basketball, you go from being quote unquote big man on campus to yeah. everybody was that. Yeah, you know, right? Yeah, everybody was that, and even there's people who are coming in with me, like Travion, and you know. The guys who were about to play Sasha, they've already, they've been here a year. They haven't played, but they've been here a year, you know, so. And I mean, you can talk about anybody else on that team. Yeah. <laughs> They're just, we were, we were so good my freshman year. Um, and so I just, for me, it was just about, it was figuring out how I just wanted to be on the court. And I wanted to be a part of it. And that's kind of where it all, like, changed for me. It went from 2,500 points to you know doing what i can do to help us win right and you did you did a great job of finding your niche and contributing so can i can i uh talk about the little spell in your freshman year let's do it okay all right so (laughs) e and i are pretty tight and uh it was probably november your freshman year and let's just say you were struggling a little bit Oh, like no. you were struggling with the transition to, as Rob mentioned, you know, you come to Purdue and it's it's just a big deal. And you had a bad week where some just some bad luck. You lost your wallet. Oh, that week. You oh. got your car towed. Uh, you were falling behind a little bit academically. Yeah. And I remember I brought you in the office here and we walked across campus together to go get your ID replaced. Mm. And... I walked with you because I felt like, hey, I, I need, we need to go talk here. You're not in a good place. 
and you had this look on you. I, I just wanted to give you the biggest hug, like, dude, we're going to be all right here. I promise. <laughs> and I think we kind of, we, I, and I basically kind of said that too. Yeah. Like, look, we're going to be okay. But let's get some stuff figured out. And let's, for, first of all, let's take it one baby step at a time. And I felt like you felt like your whole world was falling in on you. Is that a fair Oh yeah, that's, assessment? That's more than fair. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what is happening? Like, and it's, and looking back on looking back on it, just I mean, you like you, you know, other people say you need to go through stuff like that so you can learn. And I like that was the perfect example for me in the perfect time, just to like I I can always reflect on that because I feel like that was one of the besides me getting hurt, that was probably one of the hardest times I've ever you know had to go through, especially with something I love doing. Right. You know. Right. And you vote and you were a guy that you know you were at Tinley making good grades at a tough school. You had your stuff together, um, and then you get here, and, and I remember you told me, you said, for the first time, I feel like I'm not handling my business, and I've always been a guy that's handled my business, yeah. and I remember saying, like, like, look, this is not the end of the world. We're going to get through this. It's going to be fine. We got your ID, because we had a trip coming up, and our concern was, if we don't no. find your wallet or get an ID, Can't I'm not fly. sure you can get on the plane, Right, right. so we get his student ID replaced. We go find... We go get his car that was impounded. We get that. That was after we got back, remember? Because yeah. we yeah. and we yeah. got snowed in. That was a Nebraska trip. So my my car ended up it just ended up multiplying in the impound. Oh. <laughs> so we get it all, we get it out, we get it handled, we get uh find his wallet. That was a big step. Yeah, huge. Uh all of a sudden huge. like he buckles down academically, grades start turning around, sun was coming up. And then life was beautiful, and it, and it was lesson learned. But as you said, you, it's something you got to go through. But it makes you a better person on the out, on the backside of it. Yeah, for sure. And one of the things that I talk about, I've told this to most people, and I think this is not like uncommonly known, but that's one of the things that speaks to student athletes, like how it prepares you for the real world. Because every student, I don't care if you're just here for engineering or or you play basketball or, or another sport, you're always going to have ups and downs as a college kid, no matter what you do. But in sports, you have so many responsibilities on top of your academics. And you've got the pressures that you put on yourself, the pressures your coaches put on you. Maybe there's pressures coming from home or whatever it might be, but to live up to a certain expectation level. Um, but by the time we got to the end of your freshman year, you were rolling. I mean, you you had carved out a niche. Well, and, he's in the starting and lineup then I was just for the NCAA tournament game. And you go fast forward from November from just getting mm-hmm. everything, pull, pulling yourself up by the bootstraps and getting going, to now all of a sudden March, and a rolled ankle, and all of a sudden we came to you and said, hey, yeah, dude, you're, uh, you're starting yeah, You're starting against Old Dominion here. <laughs> if you had told me that was going to happen in November, I thought you were crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I probably would have thought you. It was, that was unreal. It was it's crazy because when that happened, I was the one in the layup lines getting the rebound. Mm. So he, like you just I, first time, you know, and he rolled his foot on your ankle. He, no, he just this oh, right in front of you. Yeah, right, right there. Like as I'm running, running up, and it was no gel. No gel goes down yeah, with no a rolled ankle <laughs> yeah. and takes off back to the locker room with Chad, our trainer. Yes, 
And I'm with about before. 10 minutes to go before the game Yeah, tips. 10 minutes of the clock. We're in layup lines. And yeah. I'm looking around like, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah. Unreal. I've never seen anything like it. And we had already come out. We had already given our talk, right? Oh, yeah. We it was. We were about to do lineups. We were about ready to go yeah. on the lineups. So I you had already submitted the starting lineup to the official score. Yes. They said no gel instead of my name yes. when we did the lineups. That's how <laughs> close so it was. I, I had, forgot that part. I had run back to the locker room because coach needs an update. And so he needs to know what the hell's going on. So I run back and I go in there. I said, Chad, what do we got? And he's like, Well, I'm working on it. And I'm like, Okay, well, uh, hey, we're not going to be able to postpone this thing anymore. So they're getting ready to read the lineups. What he goes, Nah, probably won't be. Probably won't be out there for the lineups. Okay. So I go sprinting back out. I'm like, Hey, dude, not going to happen. So yeah, you're right. They made the announcement. We couldn't get to the PA guy. But we told the refs, and we told the other team, look, here's what happened. It's due to injury. Okay, they're fine. Yeah, we got you. And then yeah. away you go. Ready or not, here you come. <laughs> no, literally. It was because we were, remember, we were, I, I promise you, it was like 10 seconds before we were about to do lineups because we were the home team. They were doing it. It was. Too. You were like, you were just looking at me like, I was looking around. I was like, is Joe coming out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Paint looks at me, and he just points, and he's like, you're up. Yeah. And I sat down. I was just thinking about a billion different things, acting like I was cool. <laughs> you think it was? Do you think it was better that you were? It worked out that way instead of like? Would it have been different if he would have told you that morning, like, "Hey, you're starting"? Would it have been worse? Like, would oh, you have more? I think you, looking back, I would have much rather been that way. That I feel like that that calmed yeah. the tournament for me. You know, like going yeah. on, and I think that that did a lot for me. Like in Tennessee game. Yeah. game I just felt like I was you know there like a part of it more a part of it than mm-hmm. they kind of just watching if you would have found out that morning you'd have all day to sit around the hotel yeah, and think know, about it yeah. and you would have been yeah <laughs> and like we I wasn't I wasn't guarding the putts like, like, no. that dude was real yeah you were guarding a really good player they had good guards on that team well. we were yeah we were very concerned about that that those two guards and uh well you did well you played really well and we made a great run there um I talked to Sasha about this. Being an athlete that played college basketball during the COVID year, just how crazy that was. Yeah, it was kind of wild. I think that's. I think I describe it as that every time. It just it was wild. He get tested every day. You, it's really the same thing every day, which is crazy because you. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing every day is the safest way, which is kind of how we summed it up around here. Is like. Yeah. Come in, get tested, we practice, you leave, you that's where you're staying. <laughs> yeah. And that was mm. you know, you guys obviously we were all grateful to be playing first and foremost because sure. the tournament had been taken away the year before. We didn't, you know, we were how weird was that? We were at the YMCA in Indianapolis <laughs> preparing for Ohio State and I get a text. It's over. Everybody's going home. And like we just got done working out, so we all like bring it together. After we stacked it up, yeah. And I just said, uh, "All right, guys, we're gonna go back to the hotel. We're gonna leave in an hour. So if you gotta want to go across street and grab a sandwich, do it. Pack your room up. We'll be back in an hour and roll. And then we got back to campus, and it was like, uh, I'm pretty sure the NCAA tournament's gonna be canceled. But everybody needs to go home and just wait on us to tell you what's up. It was just awkward. We didn't. We had no idea how to feel. No idea. And then, and I think I've never heard it put that way. You didn't have any idea how to feel. That's but yeah. that's right. That's exactly right. I don't 
I don't. I just went home and just was like, "What's going to happen?" Yeah, like, what is this? Like, what do you mean it's canceled? Like, yeah, we were just we were just like waiting on them to be like psych. Like, all right, everybody, come back. We're all going right, to the tournament. Here we go. Here we go. Bracket yeah. is getting ready to be announced. But yeah, and this the world. How long were those days being a student? Like over in the apartments, just oh, they were long. I mean, like. You know, people people were being safer around here on campus, but like people still, you know, went wanted to have fun. But like you, for us, it was different because we just had to. If we if we got sick, then it was we were shut down. You know, if we yeah, even yeah. if we didn't feel it, you know. So that was just I just feel like that was one of the bigger sacrifices that we made, just not being able to you know like kick it. You know, yeah, <laughs> like regular, like how we usually do. You know, even with each other, like in amongst each other's rooms, you know, you got people mixing in, you know. Yeah. There's it's just a lot that went into that. And you guys, you make a great point because you guys do as student athletes sacrifice <clears throat> a lot. You know, you lose your anonymity. You know, you can't just kind of go out and about without knowing that any slip up's going to be recorded on somebody's phone. Um, you know, the, you could, you run the risk of somebody oh, mentioning a previous game or previous loss you know all that stuff but in this case like you just maybe want to go hang out at some guy's house and just chill and you can't do it Mm -hmm. and i remember us telling you guys that and i remember us thinking like are they really going to do this like because (laughs) that's hard that's really hard and you know it's not like you're going to a full-blown party and you know that was pretty much everybody knew like you look we're nobody's doing that but just to be able to go mix with somebody that's not in our qu- kind of quote unquote team bubble. Yeah, just I mean like I remember one time like I my group wanted to meet and it was just like I don't, we leave tomorrow so I don't even want to take the chance of that. So like if you we want to chime in on Zoom, we can do that. <laughs> yeah. Like I just didn't want to cuz I think I think this is during the time that Sash had uh got sick last year okay yeah so yeah i did de- like i definitely didn't want to do it then i yeah, was freaked out like, that was in season yeah he's fine do you remember do you remember at all like did you have any days where you tested you're like oh man did you ever get nervous oh yeah we i mean i i do little butterflies every time because you just don't know there's yeah. and there's people who have had it or had it and they don't they feel fine well, and for, so our listeners know, when we went through the COVID year and we played and we didn't have fans in the stands, we tested daily, and it was just part of our routine. Like he said, we would show up to Mackey, we'd walk in, there were there was a big area set up in the in the lobby off of Northwestern, and you walked in, you got your card, that little laminated card. Lamination. You swabbed yourself, they ran the test, and you basically had 15 minutes and after about 15, 20 minutes, if you didn't get that text, you knew, like, okay, I'm good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was seven days a week the whole year. It was crazy. Chad used to get those texts. Yeah. And, like, yeah, like, 15 minutes after you, you know, after you've been in the arena, you've, you know, kind of walked around a little bit. You're just like, if Chad's walking up, you get a little nervous. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. he but could be telling you, you know. He was the one our trainer would get notified. And, and then when we started to travel... You know, Rob, you guys called games from back here, but we're on that road, and we would go to the arena the morning before the shoot-around and test, and then we would we would all test, and then usually we'd go sit on the bus, and we'd sit there for 20 minutes, and we just sat, and we just were like, please, please, yeah. and 
we were it was pleased for a lot of reasons because obviously nobody wanted anybody to get it but then also then what did that mean but then also how are we getting that person home yeah yeah so right, you're sitting right. in piscataway new jersey and like if they come back on this bus and say two guys have it, how in the hell are, are we, are they going to give back to West Lafayette? They right. can't go on the plane with us. I remember when you said you had to take a, was it like a 15 hour bus ride or something? Yeah, we had, we had a service lined oh, up yeah, that would driver, get you home. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That's crazy. That is a different world. I mean, it's, it's crazy to think about and, and thank goodness, knock on wood, we're, um, you know, we're through that. Um, and, and it had to make this year playing with fans had to make you just appreciate that much more yeah i think it was that much better um especially with you know being our last year uh well my last year but um yeah that just that just made it that much better and you know you wanted to play even harder and even better for the fans because it was like they missed us but we also missed them too so you know yeah and you had got a chance before the pandemic to play in front of some of those crowds and then you get a chance obviously your senior year to get back at it and yeah i asked sasha what his thoughts on this like how lucky it is to play in mackie and and what this place means to you yeah i i before the last game before the iu game i just i grew a greater appreciation uh than i probably ever have um like I almost teared up before the game. That was the only time like I felt like I was getting emotional on Saturday, just because it was just like you could feel it coming down to, uh, you know, the last one in there. And yeah. Especially to the tip, like everything before the game, the lights and the yelling when we come out, run out. It's just you just appreciate every little thing. Like they're they're on cue with with just about everything. Anything that can happen in there, they got something for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, whether it's we're running out or we're running up the tunnel, whether it's a block shot, somebody fouled out, anything. Like, it's, they're on it. Yeah, we're, we're, we're I think we all agree we're pretty fortunate we get to, uh, to call that our home venue. And that makes me so happy to hear that you did take some time to soak yeah, it all Yeah, no in. doubt. I yeah, mean, for sure. Is, I, I feel like so the important. beginning of the game was taking forever because I was just like, man, I need to, we can hurry up and start playing so I you know, get back and block it instead of being emotional about it. <laughs> I've had so many people say stuff to me um, about, uh, I got a wonderful email from a woman um, earlier in the year who said you were an inspiration to her to fight the way you did, get back in the starting lineup, play with such a smile on your face, never hang your head. Um, you know, you mentioned the fact you were injured uh, during COVID, the COVID year, you came back. Um, you know, you've, you've had some ups and downs. Um, it's got to be gratifying to do what you've done this year and be playing so well here as we enter postseason play. You, arguably, you're playing the best basketball. I don't think it's arguably. You're playing the best basketball of your career right now. And uh, and you've fought through some things to get here. This, that that has to be make you feel pretty good. Yeah, it does. And it just kind of makes me, uh, you know, get anxious and kind of get excited about what more I can do. Uh, Because I kind of felt like, you know, we always talk about getting up off of the canvas uh, after losses or whatever it may be. And I kind of, I felt like that's really what I did and how I got through that as far as just, like the biggest thing for me after, you know, being hurt and how everything, how things went for me freshman year, it was rough and that this, that, and the other. And then um, I just got away from the whole point of playing basketball, just having fun. Like the whole point, like why I 
chose to play basketball. Right. That was, I found it was more fun. And that was the, I think that was the biggest thing for me. It was like a lot of self-reflection, even like, even while I was, you know, kind of getting back into my group, it was still like a lot of self-reflection, like thinking about how much, like what more I can do or how else I can help. And I'll just keep thinking like it's the, it's my last year. So like, you know, you gotta have fun with it. Yeah. And you've done that and it's showed like you, you, uh, your energy level has been at an all-time high and it's carried you through these last few games it's been awesome to watch and uh, i'm excited to see uh, kind of where you help lead us here in the postseason so yes sir appreciate it all right eric hunter here on the boiler ball podcast and we'll get to the final four now segment of the podcast these are four off off uh, topic questions that we throw at our guestees so uh first question here on the final four is what is your go-to music of choice song or like album Probably uh, album or artist, something like that. Um, I'm gonna go with the the Take Care album by Drake. You know I love Drake. You're a big so. Drake guy, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is this now? Is this a pregame uh, album too, or you um, listen to other stuff pregame? Uh, yeah, I, I listen to a lot of different stuff pregame. I'm never really like the same thing because I feel like if you when you start listening to the same stuff, it becomes more superstitious. Mm-hmm. And you, so you don't have any superstitions? Nah, well, okay. I do, but like when it comes to music, I just try to stay away from okay. it. <laughs> now, what were the hunters listening to when you were a kid? Everything. My parents listened. My, like that's why I love music so much. My you parents just, listen. Oh. But did you like it? You kind of you see? Oh like, yeah, I, oh, okay. I listen to. Come on, you know. <laughs> I got on. a I got a little soulful here. I'm all right. Um, but yeah, let's. I, I feel like, like Big E was probably an Al Green kind of guy. He, Earth, he Wind, and Fire. Uh, yeah, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Wu Tang. Uh, okay. Really, anybody you can name anything. My parent, my mom listens to everything. Was there music going on in the house? Oh yeah, that's that's where it started. Just playing music off of the. We had a. In their room, they had these alarm clocks, and then they were linked to the radio as well. So like when those just go off, you just let them go off, and like you just you can play the music and keep playing. Keep going, keep yeah. going. That's cool. Very cool. <clears throat> all right, question two here on the final four is: What is your favorite all-time book, or maybe a good book you've read recently? Um, I'm in the middle of reading Walter Jordan's book, Gracefully Broken. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We read that one here. Yeah, yeah. no, I saw that. I think yeah, I saw you posted. Yeah, yeah, Walter yeah. was a guest uh, on. Uh, we had him a few episodes back. See, I started reading that on the plane like two trips ago. That would be interesting as a a player reading about a former player. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. It is. I th- that's why I like, that's why I, I picked it up because like he, you kind of, you look at him as like a, you know, he's kind of yeah. like on a pedestal a little bit for me uh, as far as uh, being a, a former player here and, and being successful like he is now. He kind of want to... Uh, read about it you know, yeah <laughs> kind of see how it happens that's really cool i'm glad you i'm glad you uh gave that answer because that's that's i think that's really interesting and it and that's a in that case that's a member of the basketball family separated by a few years now mm-hmm. but uh taking an interest in somebody else that's i think that's really cool yeah my dad got me that one nice nice uh, third question here on the final four if you could wave a wand and do any profession in the world starting tomorrow what would it be other than basketball, we can't be can't be just basketball. wave a wand. You could do anything in the world. 
don't know. I like any anything where you can perform, like a an artist or like okay. singing. Yeah, I'd sing. I'd rap. I'd I'd act? dance. I'd dance? act. Yeah, like any type of performance. I like performing. So you oh. want to be in front of that camera, or would be on stage, or or both? I like the camera. <laughs> you do <laughs> like, the camera. like the camera. Now, now I will say we have. A video person that you know travels with us as tra- and a different person over the years but there's a camera around on just about every road trip and shoot arounds things like that and i've never seen my man here duck away from that camera nope. <laughs> yeah always seems to find it he likes to be a front setter on that figured out. so that makes that makes sense that you'd be you'd like to be uh, some kind of an entertainer like that have now, you can you sing no. can you dance I got a couple moves. Okay. I, I would say he's a better dancer yeah, than okay. a singer. <laughs> all right. All right. No doubt. Would be singing and Coach Payne would be like, what are we singing? Yeah. What song is this? <laughs> like, yeah, you, can, you can understand that. That's always an interesting dynamic. You guys will be listening to pre- music pregame, and he'll come in and write stuff on the board. And, you know, Coach <laughs> knows now his, you know, hip-hop and, you know, old school. Oh, yeah. He knows his stuff. Yeah, for sure. But then he's quick to, if he doesn't like something, he's quick to say, what the hell are you guys Especially the, the new stuff. <laughs> yes. Like, especially the new stuff. He definitely have his opinion on that. I'm like, what the hell is he saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, final question here on the Final Four with Eric Hunter is, what is something that no one or very few people know about you? Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. Hmm. A little known fact about Eric Hunter. That's a tough question. For most people, it would be you went to Tinley, but we've already covered (laughs) that. Yeah, we've covered Um, a lot of significant things here. Yeah, no, I feel like I like I'm pretty open and said some stuff. You so told don't know. us your story. Well, this yeah, is, like, there, a you lot know, of people don't know that I got held back and redid the eighth grade. So. Yeah, well, that is. A, I didn't. One, in fact, I didn't. I don't think I knew. Yeah, that, I don't you think just you talked about. It. Yeah. So, yeah, that I, I feel like I already said it. <laughs> so you were the guy who had the driver's license in eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Oh yeah, I was one of the first of my friends driving. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Which made you very popular. He was the popular guy. Hey, Aaron will take us. <laughs> He's got a license. <laughs> That's funny. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate you uh, taking time here um, and getting into some of the ups and downs of your career here. And and uh, it's like I said, I think I feel so good for you that you're at, uh, you're on such a high note here as we enter the most important part of the season. And uh, it's just really good to. To talk to you, really proud of, of how you've grown as a player and as a, as a person, and uh, just a big fan of yours, and uh, thanks for taking time here to talk about it. I appreciate you. Both of you. Thank you. All right, that's episode 85 here on the Boilerball Podcast. appreciate everybody listening, and until next time, be curious, be informed, and be well. Good night, everyone.